Hello, welcome to the Mag Life Podcast. I'm here with Jimmy Rodriguez. And you may know Jimmy because he is one of the the main fellows out there running Average Joe's. If you don't know anything about Average Joe's, you're going to hear about it in this episode. And it is something you want to be a part of. Uh, it's a great thing in the firearms industry. Uh, Jimmy's also a professional photographer, YouTuber, influencer, all those different things. And he's right here with us in the studio. Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Man, glad you're here. So in the traditional way we always do this show, even back when it had another title and everything back in the day, is uh, I find a cool person to talk to and we just start talking. So uh, I want to know, I've, I've, you've been trying to get me out to the average Joe's or somebody has been like, hey, you got to go out to this thing. I didn't make the last two ones that we wanted to do, but I wanted to both times and, and wasn't able to make it. And I'm going to do my best to make the very the next one out there uh, because I really believe in what you're doing. And I think it's awesome. And I think it's something that's missing in a lot of places in the gun world because people get too cool for some of these new shooters and average Joes and everything else. So I think it's awesome. So I want you to, to tell everybody about that and like what it is and what you're doing. Yeah, so Average Joe's started, I think we're coming up on our third year now. And it started as a as a way to bridge the gap between the average gun owner and then those guys who we that train a lot, you know, people we typically look up to. We looked around and realized there was a, a, a big, big difference between people who own guns and then people who are actually out training. And we found that, that a lot of excuses that came up were, well, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, when I go out on range, I don't have a place to go to. I don't have anyone to go shoot with, nobody to take me. You know, there's just all these things at camp. So Average Joe started as a, a way to kind of break down those barriers and make that next step easier for the gun owner, right? So, you know, we, you own a gun, now what? So Average Joe's is, is typically cost effective, meaning that we try to keep the prices as, as cheap as possible. And round counts are usually pretty like low. We leave it up to the shooter. Hey, whatever you're comfortable shooting, right? Whatever you can afford with ammo the way that it is. But we provide quality, fundamental training to help them have a solid foundation to progress as a shooter and hopefully instill in them a mindset where they want to continue to train over time and continue to get better. So that's really what it's all about and developing community. And so one of the cool things we do is we organize people by their zip code. So if you show up to an average range day, we're going to try to put you with people who live around you. So that's that way awesome. You build yeah. you build relationships like naturally as you go throughout the day of shooting together and hanging out. And then when you leave there, the hope is you take those relationships and say, hey, you know what? We live close together. Let's go shoot at the range together. Let's, Maybe one of you has land. Yeah. You know, that yeah. happens. Or yeah. there's a local range or whatever, you know, and, and you know, it hopefully it just continues to flourish and con- continues to develop. So that's really what it's all about, you know, and then just getting some guys out there that um, – as far as instructors and, you know, we bring in guest instructors too, to just help out, just to, to help continue to, to instill in these people a mindset of what it means to be prepared and to actually train. What, what specifically does it look like? I and mean, what are they going to learn at the event? You know, what is it, what do they do? And I know you have a couple different types of events, right? Yeah. So, well, our, our main thing is our, is our range days, right? So our big range days, and that's where we have roughly a hundred to 120 shooters online and we break you up into three groups and you rotate around through different areas that focus on pistol specifically or rifle specifically. And then another area we call dynamic and that's, we call it dynamic just because there's some kind of movement, whether it's target transitions, you know, multiple target engagements, uh, you're shooting on the move or moving and shooting any of those things. We try to keep that to that area just because we can control that environment better. Uh, but it sounds like a pretty good way it's built. Like, so you have, I'm guessing for, you know, some brand new people too that haven't don't have much experience we're doing some super basic stuff it's mm-hmm. very important uh i believe it's all basic and all fundamental from then on out but you're, you're introducing that in rifle and handgun and then going over there and give them like a little taste of what is to come like like this is more proficient like the more sure 
Yep. Uh, I don't like the word advanced because I'm, I'm I can't wait to get in those advanced classes one day mm -hmm. when I get good enough for that because like I still haven't found them. Yeah. Um, but it uh, that's something a pretty good plan. You know the way it works now because like you're trying to inspire them to get more training. Like wow, that was really fun. I want to do more of that, but I need to get better at all these things before I'm able to really do those well. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 like you said, you know we don't ever feel like you move on from the fundamentals, right? You're just refining them and getting better at them. And so that's, that's really all it is. It's just fundamental training. And we try to focus on different things. And because we have different instructors, uh, every every range day is different. So yeah. what you're learning in Pistol Bay is gonna be different from the last range day and the one before that, because the instructors in there are different. Even even though we have the same group of guys heading it up, uh, we rotate through those positions. So guys who taught pistol this range day may teach rifle the next one, and they may teach dynamic the next one. And we may have a guest instructor, that, you know, so there's always something different, something new. We try to keep every experience different and unique. Um, That's yeah. important because every instructor has their own priorities. Yeah. And they may not agree with each other's priorities, but together you're getting a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and they all bring something different to the table, right? So in their experience, because some of our guys are – former special forces. Uh, some of them are current LE. Uh, some of them are just competitive shooters or just your average Joe. So we have a good mix of guys that help head it up. So it's not like you're learning specifically from LE. You're not learning specifically from military. It's it's a pretty wide spectrum that we're learning from. And we're all bringing in these different experiences to create this, this whole training program or this whole training experience so that shooters are becoming more well-rounded. We don't really talk tactics much. Uh, more so, it's more geared towards the average shooter of you know self defense and if you're protecting yourself and just trying to be realistic about things is is the biggest yeah. thing. So yeah, that's that's what we talk a lot about. I mean, that's good. It's a good get, a, get them a good solid foundation because maybe then with that foundation of knowledge they have about maybe not so much tactics but uh, some important concepts and factors surrounding mm -hmm. defensive use of force yep. type stuff. Um, Maybe they can navigate the minefield that the internet is out there, full of bad information. Yeah, you know, and maybe and also have a resource for people to ask, like, "Hey, is this crazy?" You yeah. Know? So the, the big thing, and uh, so Brandon uh, Ninebanger, mm -hmm. one of our one of our OGs, one of the questions he always presents, and this is something we always try to ask over and over again when people bring up questions in our courses or in our at our range days, is, "What are you training for?" You know, because people ask, "Well, would you do it this way or do it that way?" And and at the end of the day, like the thing that is the determining factor most of the time is like, what are you training for? What is it you're ultimately training for? Is your sub-second draw really going to make a difference in the real world? Is it, you know, doing a reload this way versus this way really going to make a difference right. in the real world and what you're training for? Uh, if you're training specifically just to go fast and look cool on Instagram, then yes, go that way. Yeah. If, if that's what you're training for, but just be realistic about what it is you're training for and be honest with yourself and try to work towards that ultimate goal. That's a great point. What are you hearing most people off the top of your head. So it's it's funny because like they say the right things, they know to say the right things, but when you look at what they're doing, what they really want to do is look cool on Instagram. Yeah. That's, that's really what it is. But uh, to be fair, a lot of their information, their knowledge is coming from Instagram. So we're trying to to counter that culture a little bit and stop doing stuff for the sake of looking cool on Instagram and start doing stuff that's actually going to be beneficial for you in in real life. Um, yeah. Should you have to use use your gun? And, and ideally, we don't ever want anybody to, to have to use it but we want them to be proficient so, so that if they ever did, we know they could make that high risk shot when it, when it counts. It's often that the best methods are not always the coolest Instagram looking mm -hmm. methods. Yep. You know? So I see a lot of stuff sometimes promoted and, and talked about like it is the way to do things on Instagram. I'm like, well, I mean, that is a way. It's not really the most preferred way in sure. most situations, but I mean, sure, you know, you can do it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's awesome because like, I actually started this podcast for a very similar reason, which is kind of funny. Um, back in 2006, I think it was, or 2007, 
YouTube was new. You know, there, we just had this YouTube thing starting everywhere, and it was all this gun stuff out there that uh, the videos are so much better on YouTube now than they were back then. Sure. And uh, I, I tried to get in that game a little bit, standing in front of a crappy camera, you know, and they just always looked horrible, and I, I ended up <laughs> giving up on that and coming back to it later on. But uh, I started this podcast because uh, I just, like, man, I, I just want to give make sure there's better, good information coming out because I just kept running across so much just straight garbage in, in YouTube and uh, I didn't think that I had it all figured out, but you know, being a Marine who didn't have it all figured out, but thought he had more than he actually did figure it out, mm-hmm. I was arrogant enough to start a podcast. You know, so, <laughs> and uh, but that's kind of where where it came from. And I learned very quickly from from podcasting that wow, I don't have a lot figured out. You know, I, I maybe have more than some, but definitely a lot less than a lot of others out there. And but that's very similar. Like you're combating more of the the Instagram, and at the same time, I love the Instagram culture. Like, sure, I, I love that everybody's. I don't get it. I don't understand why looking at guns is like so exciting. But I get that they, they and I don't mind somebody who does. Like I, I think that's cool. I think it's great. Anytime we're putting the Second Amendment and gun ownership in front of people, so it's awesome. Um, so you're like maintaining the the good parts, but also trying to counter some of the bad parts. Yeah, it's funny because like we we have this conversation a lot in our group, and a lot of our guys um, who, especially who are professionals, uh, you know, that are uh, current officers or uh, currently in a professional role in some capacity. They often talk about how their heroes aren't on Instagram, right? The guys they look up to aren't yeah. on Instagram. Um, and Instagram in and of itself is not a bad thing. I think no. guys get in our industry get frustrated because of some of the negative sides. But instead of just complaining about it and leaving it high and dry, well, let's let's be a, a better or a positive influence in there of what the gun community could be. And the great thing is, is like, you know, Instagram is a great way to build relationships. It's a great way to build community. It's a great mm-hmm. way to connect. It's a great way to share knowledge. And so I, I often talk about like average, what I hope average Joes would be. And when you look back, when we look back at like the, the Renaissance period, right? We look, there was this explosion of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Knowledge became openly accessible for so many people, for the average person, and not just the the few elite that, that had it um, through the development of the printing press and, Paper, and, yeah. and, and being able to, to transfer that knowledge, uh, to translate it into different languages. So you saw this explosion of knowledge that led to advancements and develops and developments that came out of the Renaissance period. So my hope is that we we have at our fingertips the most powerful tool in the internet that's ever existed uh, in mankind, and because we, we can connect with somebody a- around the world and FaceTime. If we right? leverage it, well. if we leverage it right. Yeah. So so if we take that and we take the knowledge that we have, guys who have skill sets, guys who have knowledge, and they're willing to share that, they're willing to put in the time, and we're willing to invest in other people and build community and build relationships. There could be an explosion of knowledge and information that could lead to an advancement in the shooting community where we would have much better shooters, hopefully start to develop better products, uh, better guns, just better equipment all the way around. And it would leave the 2A community in a much better position 10 years from now or 20 years from now um, as a whole, as opposed to us right now with a lot of infighting or, you know, I feel like we get so caught up in going at each other that we don't really focus on like what the the end goal is uh, with the, the Second Amendment. So I think if, if we do that, if, if this can be something good that develops and grows the 2A community for the next generation and the generation after, you know, hopefully it puts our country in a better position too. So like that's, that's I just want to be a small part in that. That's what I want average I mean, I think it's awesome. Every, every time somebody comes to a class, you know, a new shooter, like they're just starting or they've been in it for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I think of it as I'm getting an opportunity to make, to help secure the Second Amendment. That's one less person. One more person who's going to better understand how to handle their weapon around yep. the people that they bought that gun to protect, how to load it, unload it, take care of it, you know, whatever, use it if they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's one less one person who's less apt to have some kind of negligent accident or yep. something. And every time we have one of those accidents, a gun discharge in a bathroom, a kid getting killed, something like that, whatever it is, um, by an accident, that those are those turn a lot of people away from the Second Amendment every single time. And yeah. the life is sometimes lost. So mm-hmm. like such a devastating thing to the future of our country, the security of our country. You know, to, I, I think it, maybe I'm, I'm making it seem bigger than it is. To me, that's how big it is. No, it, it absolutely is. Every time happens, because like. There is a, there could be a point where the Second Amendment goes away in the United States of America, mm-hmm. right? When enough people are just we've turned enough of them off, right? Like, and and I don't think we're close to that. And um, I think that we're 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 winning. You know, that's why they're they try every time they try to bring something up, like we we win in a lot of cases, but we can never let our guard down. And having more people and something I talk about a lot is um, terminology. Like people are get so angry when somebody calls a magazine a clip mm-hmm. or something. Somehow their ego is attached to to what things are called and knowing all the specifics about some piece of hardware somewhere. And then a new person comes in, they just want to know like where they should buy their clips from, mm-hmm. right? And then they, they get hammered online from some people. And I think that I would like, I would love for us to remember, and that's why I like about Ever Joe, sounds very welcoming to everybody. Like, yep. we don't care about that. Like, we're glad you're here. You know, you can call things whenever you want. We, like, we were all there learn. at some point. You yeah, know? we've all been there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna give anybody a hard time, Like, but I still see it almost on a daily basis. And like, man, this is a new person. This is a, this is what we want, guys. Like yeah. we, we don't want we don't want to run them off. Like welcome them. Like let's not be let's not be uh, condescending or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. But how big is this organization? And is it? It's not just in Texas, right? So uh, we're yeah we're based out of Texas. Uh, we've got there's ten of us that actually are the uh, the members, if you will, or like the the OGs, the ones who organize everything. We don't have like a membership. You don't like pay to be a part or anything like that. It's like hey, look, to be an average Joe, it's just be an average Joe, right? And I, I love that one of the things you said is, but something that we always say is that we believe the greatest advocates of the 2A are the average gun owner. Because it's not, you know, when people are getting into guns, they're not going to go ask an influencer yeah. online. They're going to go ask their neighbor or the person that coaches their kid's soccer team that, that they know shoots guns. one person gun. that they know who yep. carries guns and, and knows a lot. So like you said, the better, the better off, the more squared away that person is, the better advocate they are for the 2A community. So, but to go back to your question, yes, there's there's ten of us uh, that that handle everything, and those guys are in like almost every video. Uh, we tag tag them in everything. Some of them aren't online because of their jobs; they just prefer not to be active on social media, which you know I understand. So there's those guys. We do we base everything out of out of Dallas. So most of our ranges right now are held out of ETTS. Um, we have done some across the U.S. So we've gone to Arizona to partner with other other people. Now, doing averages across America was more so to help grow the community in those areas. And, and I come from a church planning background, or I come from a, uh, as a pastor. I was a pastor for five years of a church. And a lot of what I've learned through that, I apply to what we do here with, with range days. So getting these other range days going across the U.S. or supporting other range days that we're going is, in my eyes, kind of like church planning, where we can go support them, help them grow it, help them develop, answer any questions we have from the experience we have, maybe collaborate together to make things better. And then at the end of the day, when we leave, that community is still strong. It still exists because the leaders of that community are still there. If we go in, if you go like go do a concert somewhere, right? If I go somewhere and do a concert when I leave, all that hype, all that energy is gone yeah. because we're not there. But if there's leaders there who, mm-hmm. who rise up and who take over and who do everything there, then it makes it easier when, when we're not there. We know those guys are going to continue because they're going to shoot the local matches. They're going to be at the local ranges. They know the local stores. And they're there for that community to grow and flourish. So we've gone to Arizona, San Antonio, Seattle, uh, Las Vegas. I'll be going to Miami next weekend. Um, there's one in Mississippi I didn't get to make it to. But, you know, all these people have been developing these range days, and it's been awesome. And it, and it's never been about, hey, look, you know, our range day is better. Just come to ours. Don't go to theirs. It's been, no, like, everything that we know, everything we've learned, we want to help and share 
Because, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, because yeah, because we can't be everywhere, yeah. right? It's it's better for the community as a whole that we have more. I wish that there were more. I wish there was you know multiple in every state, because then that meant that means the community in those those states is going to be so much better. I think of this when I first heard about Average Joe's, it reminded me of Appleseed Project mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, where you come out and you you basically it's like here are some basic, super basics, just fundamentals of shooting, and learn what it means to be a rifleman, kind of thing, and. You're not really, from what it looks like, you're not doing anything remotely close to what Appleseed's doing in, in operation, like in, out there on the range mm-hmm. and, and the conduct of the training. Um, but like the idea is very similar. So somebody can go to an Appleseed, become an instructor or whatever, learn some stuff. And um, for you, you know, you, you, you could, this doesn't have to be an instructor to get involved with Average Joe's. Like if somebody's listening to this podcast and they live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and they're like, man, I, I would love to start working with something like that. You know, yeah. like there's an avenue for the, and there's also like, you already have the the system built. Mm-hmm. You have the way it works, the schedule, the the everything. You have you have every the whole model for the whole thing built, so you could help them begin that in their area, and and run that thing and grow it right around there, similar yep. to that. And that's awesome, man. Like that's super cool because I run people all the time over the years on this podcast who who want to do things but they don't know how to start. They don't know how to do it. They go to a match, they make a couple of friends, they end up going to shooting with two or three buddies, and that's it. Um, but they always a lot of people want to do more and get more gun owners out, so they'll bring family members out. But like this is this is a way to do it. If you're out there listening, you know, link yeah. up with Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. They can uh, shoot me a DM or comment on any of your videos. And one of the things we try to do too is at our range days we try to capture those moments, the teaching that, that goes on, and we post them online so that it's accessible for anybody. So you can go back and watch it. And even if you're at the range day, you can go back and watch that later. Right. And it's just, we're creating this library of knowledge and information that's easily accessible for everybody. So that even if you can't be there, even if we've had people participating from uh, Sweden or Switzerland, we've had people in the Middle East, we've had people in South America, we do these like monthly challenges. We've had them competing in the challenges. And it's cool to see the impact that we're having, like yeah. the, the ripple effect that's going on it's across the world. Yeah. So it's been, it's been cool to see that. And that always like excites us because it's so much bigger than just a local thing. Like what started off as, as a Texas thing is now become this international thing. And that's been huge for us to see and is always exciting and inspires us to keep going. What's the, what's the future look like? What's the next goal or milestone you're trying to go after? So man, I, it's just refining what we have right now. Um, I got a few things uh, lined up that I that I'm working on, but the big thing is you so like for, you don't for, tell us everything for for 2022. You know we're gonna have four range days. We've already locked in our dates. We're just finalizing those and then gonna start working with our sponsors and vendors to to come out who who can be there that provide you know whatever support they they want. Whether it's giveaway stuff, we always try to have people leave with something. Uh, we have demos out there because one of the other things too is like most people don't have access to the guns that some of yeah. us on the inside of the industry do. And so we want to give them a chance to try those guns out. So we try to have vendors out there. Uh, we'll have some guest instructors out this next year as well. Uh, the big thing for Average Joe's over the next year has been to increase our courses. So we've got our, our intro to pistol and rifle have been going. Uh, we've got concealed coming this weekend. I believe uh, Brandon, Fred, and Connell are going to be teaching that one this weekend. So we'll be doing those three classes. On top of that, we'll be adding some additional courses. So rifle two, pistol two, and then a few others down the road. So excited to get those guys going, teaching more classes. Uh, I think we'll be doing one class a month on top of our range days, our quarterly range days. And then I'm currently working on, this is the first time I've talked about it publicly, but currently right. currently working on a competition series. 
So uh, there's some issues that I have with current series. I don't think the current series will be going away. They are a staple in the industry. I just want to offer something different. That's all. Just something different uh, that I think will better suit more shooters and be more welcoming, kind of like Average Joe's. Just be more welcoming to the average shooter. And we'll see how it goes. So they're working out the details of that right now. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yes, it'll, it'll be good. And then we'll be covering all that on, on YouTube as well. Right on. What, uh, you said you had a class this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, they we're teaching, uh, I say we're, uh, three of our guys, three of our OGs are teaching concealed pistol this weekend. Is that your, your technical titles? Like the founders are, are referred to as We, we just call them the OGs. It's like, it's an informal, okay, informal way. Right. So the, the three founders are actually, the three founders of Average Joe's, actually there's, there's four of us, they don't leave one of them out. So myself, uh, Christian Green, Christian was kind of like, kind of a part of it, kind of not, but I still give him credit because he was there. Uh, Sam Pitchfork, who's now in Utah, and then uh, Nick Eater, who's a shady bum, but he's not on social media anymore. You so. just recently had one in Utah, right? Didn't I see No, that? we didn't We didn't do one in Utah, no. No, not in Utah. Uh, we're, we're trying to. We're trying to get it to Utah. Uh, that's what I heard because I was, I was hearing something about Utah and Average Joe's. I was like, well, we, we were just we, Dallas. We went, we went to work. Seattle. I uh, went to Seattle, and I linked up with uh, Pewluck out in Seattle with Epsilon Northwest, oh, okay. which, I, which is now Epsilon Outreach. So they're doing some great things out there. They've got their uh, yearly going. They're trying to get quarterly stuff going. They do matches as well. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's been, you know, it's been interesting. As I've traveled this year to visit these other range days to see how the different pockets of community function and to see how the, di- the cultures are different across the U.S., even though we're all the same country, just see how different the gun community is in different areas. Yeah. So, like, specifically, one of the things that I learned in, in Seattle – uh, when I went up there was the way that they have to go about purchasing guns is very different. So there's a, they have to turn over like medical records if you want to purchase a gun. So a lot of them would rather, would rather just build a gun. So I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Cause you know, having, you know, working with gun brands, we know there's not a lot of gun sales there as far as like what, we, what we see on the books. And I was curious as to why that was, but now we know. And then just seeing how, how, like what's prioritized in different areas. And, you know, obviously because there's so much, um, it's very much an outdoor culture in the Pacific Northwest. You yeah. know, a lot of hiking, a lot of in the woods, a lot of in the mountains. So things that are important there are very different than like here, like urban Dallas. You yeah. know, like what's priority to them is different. Uh, same thing with going out to Arizona. I mean, I'm excited to see how it's different in Miami. So it's just been cool. It's been very eye opening to I lived see in Miami for a minute. Yeah, so I'm looking. Could, I'm looking I could forward give to give you some insight. <laughs> yeah, it's bet. not all positive. Yeah. Oh no. no, no. <laughs> I, I, I've heard from uh, from TTOG and uh, some other guys down there. So. Uh, but there's a nice range down there. Your homestead, homestead, yeah. where you're going. Yeah, homestead is a nice place. Yeah, it's a good range. That's cool. So what's um, you said very inexpensive. So if somebody wants to go out and, and shoot maybe their first class and get that first experience, see what it's about. Go to Average Joe's. I mean, what what would they anticipate? Like probably spending after it's all said and done, assuming they didn't have to travel, they can figure that out. Yeah. Uh, so if 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 you're coming to a range day, it's going to cost you around thirty bucks. That's about what our base price is. Yeah, can't beat that. Yeah, you really can't. I mean, it's really just your range fee, range fee food, and then just uh, other materials we need, so like targets, stuff like that. It just covers the cost of that. We don't really make any money off of those days. That's really like a kind of our, our <laughs> sort of charity work, if you will. We we really pocket nothing out of those days. Uh, but that's all about growing the community and all about building the community. So we try to keep it as accessible as possible. Courses are a little more expensive. So courses going to be about two hundred bucks, uh, depending on the course, depending on on where it's at. But it's going to be about two hundred bucks, and we try to keep that. We feel like that's a reasonable price for what you're getting. It's eight hour, full eight hour course um, with our instructors. So yeah, that's that's about what's going to cost you plus the cost of ammo. Awesome. What a it, you have um you talk to a lot of of new shooters out there mm-hmm. like you're you have tons of them you know however many show up out there and you it sounds like you're polling them or asking them you know, why they're training and they're giving you those answers like the, the ones that they think you want to hear and then they get you identify the real ones through action i guess yeah. it sounded like um 
what do you what reasons are you finding that maybe held them back like that they're just now coming like like now they're coming but they've been wanting to train for like three years because i run into that i'm sure you do too um but then suddenly this time something happened that made them decide to go because i run into people who are always like I'm afraid I'm going to hold the class up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I don't know enough and I don't, I don't want to be to go to your class because I think I'm going to screw up and hold everybody up. And that never happens. Yeah. Like it, it, it's designed to not allow that to happen. And it's easy to not allow that to happen. Nobody's ever held the class up. You never will. And everybody's super nice and everybody's welcoming. Your gun breaks, somebody's handing you a new gun. Run out of ammo. Somebody's probably handing you some more ammo, right? Depending on what time of year it is. If it was a few months ago, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it just depends. But it, it, nobody, that doesn't matter. But people, it holds them back a lot. And uh, I'm just wondering from your perspective and how people you talk to, like, what's holding a lot of these people, people back that you run to that made them just now come? Because then maybe I could work and listeners out there can work to address those things because you, you may be one of the most qualified people out there to answer that. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing is, and, and you hit, it, hit the nail on the head, is they feel like there's a sort of prerequisite, if you will. And they mm-hmm. feel like they don't meet that that criteria or that level of proficiency to go to a course. They feel like they have to be at a they have to be good enough to go to the course. We start telling them like, "Hey, look, gotta get in shape to go to the gym." Yeah, right? it was like, "Well, hey, the course exists because you're not good enough, right?" Like that's that's the idea. Is like it's to get you there. That's the whole purpose of the course. So there there are no prerequisites for our courses, but that's what it is. People just feel like, "Oh, I don't know enough. I'm not good enough to go to a course yet. I you know I need to practice more before I go." It's like, "Well, hold on." Come to the course. We'll give you the things to practice, yeah. right? Because we don't want you to have training scars. Yeah, we don't. Well, you waste less time. Be more efficient. Save money. You, yeah, save money. You're not going to develop training scars in working on the wrong things. We're not going to have to get you to unlearn something to learn it the right way. So that's the big thing is just getting people to to break down that barrier. But I think that's where you know Instagram is really good, but it's also bad at the same time because it's good because you see good shooters, but people yeah. often feel like I have to be that good in order to go to a class, and that's like no, 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 no. Like that's not the case. Yep. You're, you're more than welcome to come out. You know, it, it doesn't matter any skill level, skill set. Now, if it's something like if you're going to like an injured shooter course or like a low light, sure, there's prerequis- prerequisites yeah. for that. Uh, but that's different. That's not what we do. So there are some classes you need to have a higher level of competence. Yeah, some. sure, right. sure, because they're not basic fundamental courses. It's, it's a very specific class. You play golf? I do. Well, I, I used to. I don't play I, as much. I play every time. once in a while. I haven't played in like over a year, but I, I like golf. And every time I, a few years go by and I said I'm going to go play golf again, before even swinging a club, because I learned from the first time, I swung the club a lot and played a lot of golf without going to see a golf pro. Mm-hmm. And him teaching me how everything I was doing was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> and uh, I wasted so much time and money. And I should have just paid the golf pro to start with. Yeah, just and sat there beating balls away, right? So much easier. You know, oh, I've lost a lot of balls. Yeah. They, they, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, but it's, it's great. Like, they, this is why you go train, you know? Like, to come on out. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's it. But it really, really said that's that's the number one thing we hear. like, I just don't feel like I'm good enough for it. I feel like I need to learn more. And that's just not the case. You know, it's welcoming for anybody of any skill level. We, we've had new shooters come out, like brand new shooters, people who've, you know, had had one guy who borrowed a gun. He borrowed a gun, came out to our course, and brought it in a plastic Tupperware box yep. because he had to borrow it from somebody else, and he didn't have another way to carry any of the gear that he brought with him. So it was really cool to see that and just to see that level of dedication and commitment. But that's really what it's all about. You know, get out and, and start that journey. Like, don't don't wait till tomorrow to start what you could start today. That's right. And, yeah. that, and that's the big thing is we just want to get people out and get them training. So why do you do this? I know you can't speak for everybody, but you know, you're volunteering time. You're not like making tons of money off of this or anything, right? So yeah. like why would you spend so much time on on this thing and those people? Like why do you do that? My son. That's that's the bottom line. So uh, you know, I've got I've got a five year old at the house, he's gonna be five here in a couple of weeks, and 
you know, becoming a dad changes things for you. Oh yeah. And your perspective on things. And when I was a, a pastor, we would always talk about people always have what we call these eternity projects, right? And it's ultimately something that we work towards that will outlast us, that will yeah. outlive us and hopefully have a greater impact on humanity in general, whatever whatever that may be. And for me, this is is part of that is that eternity project. Yeah. Man, I like that term. So, I've never heard that. Yeah, so it's it's the idea of working on something greater than yourself, right? Because typically we we purchase things like cars or houses or whatever that suit us in our lifetime. But the things that, that really drive us that make you get up in the morning are the things that are going to outlast you. Yeah. You know, that are going to impact generations to come. And that's honestly like that's my big hope with Average Joe's is that whatever we do now, 20 years from now, people are watching our videos on YouTube that it'll, it'll help the 2A community, you know, here or worldwide. But really for, for my son, um, I, I looked around, looked at the, the direction the world is going and I wanted there to be a 2A community for my son, for him to be able to fight for the freedoms and rights that we currently enjoy. Yeah. Right. So th- thankfully, we enjoy a luxury in this country that men have come before us and have fought for and women have fought for to protect so that we could be where we are right now. And for all the issues that people complain about with America, it's still I still believe it's one of the greatest countries in the world. I've done mission work in the Middle East. I've done mission work in, in Central America. And seeing that firsthand and seeing what a third world country really looks like and what it really looks like to be on your own and have to defend yourself and your family. I know that it's only a matter of time before that comes here. Right. And no, no great kingdom or no great society has lasted forever in the, in humanity. So uh, for my son, I want him to have that opportunity and ability to be able to protect himself and protect others. Um, In a lot of ways that second amendment is, it has been, it is right now, I think in some ways, um, one of our, the biggest barriers for people that want total control. They yep. want a lot of things. And so I'm not trying to go down, a, a, or people out there listening already kind of know where I, I stand on <laughs> most of those things. Yeah. But I I think it's interesting what you said about the third world countries and everything else. You know, I've been to multiple of those. And um, I always find it interesting, the opinions of, of like world views of people with zero world experience. You know, it, it, I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't count very much for me when somebody who has zero world experience hasn't seen these other places, hasn't seen the outcomes of some of these policies and ideas and concepts, um, and they haven't seen a real level of corruption uh, that, that you have seen in mm-hmm. those third world countries and everything else. And, and the aftermath of the it. The atrocities and uh, everything from um, taking whatever they want from somebody, whether it's like an item off the shop from the law enforcement or sexual assault. Like, like just the things yep. that, are, that are happening over there, it's just... It's just great. It's a different world. It literally is. And I, and I think people often don't realize that, but they develop opinions based on their bubble they live in with the news. And yeah. and if they could only go see what you've seen. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's uh, it, it changes your perspective on things really fast. And that's why I always think it's funny when people complain about about stuff here. And I'm like, bro, you, you have no idea. First world problems. Like, yeah, first world problems. <laughs> you you have no idea. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I've, I've seen mass shootings. I've seen uh, countries where girls and kids are taken advantage of yep. or they're in slave labor. Um, you know, I've seen places where there's not clean water, there's not clean food, you know, or even access to food. And you take for granted everything you have here. You know, there's, again, there's, there's issues here. I'm not by any means saying we're perfect, oh, sure. but people don't realize how much better it is here than anywhere else. And, and that's the big thing. And like you said, the 2A, like the second amendment keeps a lot of things protected for us. Not just, you know, I, I Coming from being a pastor, yes, it protects religious freedoms, but it protects a lot of other freedoms that we have. It protects um, the opportunity to make decisions for ourselves and the opportunity to protect ourselves against tyranny. And and, I, and people don't realize, like, I think 
people oftentimes give the government too much credit. Yeah. Right. They don't, they, it's like they put them up on a pedestal that they're not corrupt, you know, but at the end of the day, they're still human. They can still be corrupted. Not saying everybody is, but I'm just saying that it, it, it can happen mm-hmm. and it's happened for centuries before us. It'll happen for centuries after us. And based it, on historical evidence, it, why would anybody trust our government? It, exactly. So, so it's just one of those things where it's just like, we've got to be realistic and, and prepare for whatever that, that future may hold. And I'm not saying that, that a civil war will happen in our lifetime, but being prepared for if that happens or if the government tries to overstep, which to some degree, yeah, they are. But um, when it reaches that point of, of where we have to take action that we can, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and that's why the Second Amendment was written. And that's part of, you know, uh, that's part, I don't talk about this much, but it's one of my, my selfish goals with, with average Joes across America and average Joes as a whole is like, if we continue to develop these pockets of communities across the U.S. where we have proficient shooters, where we know people are squared away in their abilities and what they can do, that's that's more pushback against government overtake that, that yeah. we have, you know, government overreach, uh, that, that more and more people could stand up to their local governments or, you know, any whatever it may be, whatever threat that may be, foreign or domestic. Yeah, there's a lot of organizations out there that are working to expose corruption, fraud, other things like that. There's some good ones that are putting out some good information mm-hmm. that, are, that are doing some good um, uh, investigation and, and finding a lot of stuff. And we can't get that from the, the, the big media companies. And it doesn't work that way. But um, there's people out there doing that. But how, also having trainers and having an organization like Average Joe's that is, hey, if all those things fail, right? Like we're, we're not ready for this. And if we mm-hmm. follow the founder's example, we don't go to like that kinetic stuff until everything else has failed mm-hmm. you know and that's that, that's that was their example they set they tried yeah. for for years and years uh to do this non-violently and when everything failed and there was just not a chance whatsoever then yeah. um then it was like hey we're going to be free and mm-hmm. this is how we're going to do it and try to stop us we'll stop you you know yeah. and uh I, i'm glad we're not there and i hope we never get there sure and, uh, it bothers me that there are a lot of people out there outside the Second Amendment community and inside the Second Amendment community that think we are there right now. Um, I, I just, there, we are pretty bad in some mm-hmm. ways, but uh, but there's still hope, you yeah. know. And and we're seeing some good strides a lot. But if we're out there just looking for the negative all the time and we watch the wrong things, you're, you're going to be feeding on it constantly. Yeah, and and I think this goes back to what we said earlier is that if you've never experienced a third world country. If you've never experienced the aftermath of a civil war, then you don't you don't really know what what the aftermath looks like. You don't know how bad that actually looks and how bad it gets. But if you've been to a war torn country, you want to do everything you can to avoid that. Yes. And, and I think I think you and I both understand and respect that is that we don't we don't want that here because we know what that looks like. Yes. And and I, I don't want to see that here because it's not what people think it's going to be. And it's not just like it's it's it drags on for years, sometimes decades. Um, there's going to be so much loss. I mean, the, just complete and utter chaos. Yeah. And, and it's a nightmare. It is. It is. And, and it's and just, my 11 year old will be in that nightmare. Exactly. And, and it, I, I don't want that, you know, and it's the, I run into a lot of, and that's what I, I think really upsets me about this is there's a lot of people who have never seen real violence. Mm-hmm. have never seen the aftermath of real violence on a grand scale mm-hmm. in a city or a whole country or whatever. Um, and they're all calling for it. Like, yeah. Like you don't have the information to, like you're, you're not an authority on this to me yeah. at all, not in the slightest. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I would absolutely do anything to not have my 11-year-old experience, yep. the things that I've experienced. Uh, and I think it would be even worse because if it was here, 
We got on a weird topic there for a long time. <laughs> but uh, no, that's the way it always goes. Yeah. Jimmy, what, what can we, the listeners out there, what do you guys need? What does average note Joe's need to, to really grow and, and become what you guys envision it to be? And how can the listeners out there and wherever they're at all over the country jump in and help? Man, the, I, honestly, the biggest thing is like just helping us promote, obviously, like participating in challenges, stuff like that. Like that's always awesome. But the best thing that you can do for averages into a community is is be better at, at your training, you know, getting out and training, taking it seriously, treating it as as a treating yourself as a professional. That's one of the things that uh, Brandon uh, Ninebanger has really been trying to instill in, in our training is that. We want people to carry themselves in a professional manner, right? Because we want them to carry, they, they are representatives of the movement, you know? Yeah. Even though they're not, they don't, may not have an official title, they're still representatives of the movement and of the 2A community as a whole. And that's the biggest thing is like how you carry yourself, how you present yourself on social media and the way that you're, the conversations you're having with normal everyday people, uh, whether it's, a, you know, at your, your kids' games or your kids' school, you know, where you go to eat, the people you hang out with. Those are the things that really matter. You know, what, what you post on Instagram and how many likes it gets really, that doesn't matter. It matters for 24 hours yeah. maybe. And, the and then the algorithm and, moves on. It's yeah. something else, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's those relationships you build. It's the conversations you have. It's the way you carry yourself. Those are what matter more for the growth of average average Joes. But average Joes is more than just like a, a brand or a movement or a name or anything like that. It's, it's this greater thing that all of us are participating in that ultimately is the two-way community. Right on. So. Where can everybody follow you, Average Joes? So you can follow me at Jim's Goon Life, both on Instagram and YouTube. And then Average Joes is uh, Average Average Joes, S-S-R-R-D. Uh, it's just Average Joes Super Rad Range Day. That was the original name was Average Joes Super Rad Range Day. Uh, but it was very, it was a mouthful. So it's just been condensed to Average Joes. No, it's cool. Yeah. I'll make sure the links to all these are in the show notes too. So okay. anybody can go just go to the blog and click that. Yeah. And then all of our videos right from all of our, our range days and all of our challenges, all of our drills, anything we've put up content wise, the training is all going to be at, at Jim's Goon Life on YouTube. So you could just go there and watch and learn a lot of things. Yep. Yeah. And you get a picture of what our range days look like. We even did an episode where I uh, gave the camera to one of our participants, Levi Drake uh, from South Texas, drove up. He actually won a spot from Big Tex Outdoors. And he came came up and I said, hey, here's the camera. Show us what it looks like to be a part of Average Joe's from your perspective. And it was cool to, to show that, to show what it looks like yeah. for a participant. Because, you know, it's one thing to see like an, a highlight video. It's another thing to see it from... Hey, here's your actual experience. Yeah, you go watch that and mm -hmm. kind of feel like you're a part of it. Then. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it's been it's been uh, it's been cool to see that just the the growth of it over over the past couple of years. Did I leave anything out that you really need to talk about that you would that we missed or anything? Like that? Yeah, I mean, there's so much we didn't even get to my childhood yet. Um, you know, well, how was your childhood? <laughs> no, I mean uh, that's 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 really and and I would I would want to just make sure I give credit to the guys that 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 helped me. I say help me, but that are a part of this Average Joe's movement. Yeah, I'm one of the founders. Yeah, I tend to be the face of it. But those guys are like the meat and potatoes. You know, they, they what they bring to the table and their experience and what they do for a living and then giving that knowledge freely uh, at range days and then also trying to pour more into students at classes. Uh, I'm really grateful for those guys. And then all, all of our uh, vendors and sponsors and then and guys like you who have come along and said, hey, we want to help um, – share what you guys are doing. We're incredibly grateful for all of that because, you know, w without that, we wouldn't be where we are. That's awesome, man. Guys, that was Jimmy Rodriguez. Uh, go check out Average Joe's. Hop in a class somewhere, and uh, you might see me there. And you'll 
Probably definitely see Jimmy. Probably yeah. definitely, right? Yeah, most likely. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, the Mag Life out.